Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the series on my book, Memorable Lessons to Leave a Legacy. We are full steam ahead on this series. It's meant a lot to me to have you here and to really get a chance to look through my book a little bit with different eyes and consider why I added each chapter, what the purpose of each chapter is um, for you as the reader, some questions to consider whether or not you've purchased the book already. Um, You know, it's really an opportunity for you to get to know me as well and I think especially now when anything written or even stated verbally can be misconstrued so easily, any opportunity for me to clarify my thinking, give you further context, explain with a bit more layers in terms of you can hear the tone of my voice, you can see my face if you watch on YouTube, it gives you another layer to just reading the chapter. And I think that's important. This is actually, if you're watching, this is, I'm holding up my book. This is the first time that I'm doing one of these episodes with the book in my hands, which is, you know, a huge milestone moment, really, because for so long, the ideas of this book were in my mind, and then they were in a Word document, and then they were being edited in a PDF, and, you know, now they're out on a page, tangibly in my hands, and Today we're talking about trust. So talk about trusting not only myself, the process, trusting myself to close the door on editing the text. That is it's just such a monumental, oh, I don't know if it's trust or just an act of letting go. You will, yeah, it's an act of letting go, which requires trust in the fact that I've done and you have done everything you can in a given situation. You're trusting your own discernment, which is another chapter in the book, And also your own intuition, abilities, and judgment about the fact that you're done with something, or that something's for you, or that a relationship is a good fit. I mean, there are just so many permutations of what trust means. Um, So I put it in the book because I've struggled with trust my entire life, (laughs) whether it's trusting myself, trusting others, um, or trusting God, which I have, I've really come to the point now in my life where you know, God is a, God is a huge presence in my life and a huge source of hope and having faith in something that is unseen and larger than myself has really changed the way that I approach life. And this along with, I think, hey, many of the, many of the chapters in the book, but I think this chapter has the the ability to really kind of get to some people and I understand why you know I mean anytime I mention God in the book first of all the first draft of the book manuscript didn't include much about God at all I maybe talked a bit about a higher power of sorts but I wasn't willing to use the word God and I certainly don't think I had a full grasp or understanding of what trusting God would even mean (laughs) Because I think the general assumption around God that many people have and I that I had previously was that God is God is somehow inextricably linked to the church. God meant the Catholic Church to me, and that meant the people within the Catholic Church. And yet no one person is 
God in the sense that I understand it and that I live it. Um, So I think that it's really critical. And I do mention this in the book, but it bears repeating that God is not, God is your relationship with a force unseen. God is infinite love. God is a force larger than all of us that is sort of the undercurrent or the heartbeat of the entire universe, I guess you could say. It's this kind of, I almost, if I was thinking of a piece of music, I would think of like the bass, you know, that kind of provides this steady rhythm, this ebb and flow and sort of continuity between centuries and countries and any kind of characteristic you could imagine that differentiates I feel like God unifies and creates a consistent undertone with everything and everyone and that's what I've come to understand God to be that's why God needs to be in this book in my estimation because well if it's the undercurrent of everything and everyone then how could it not be mentioned in a book about leaving a legacy and how you can do that in a meaningful way. I I personally couldn't wrap my head around getting this book out without it, which, you know, it was met with a bit of opposition at times. I think I had to explain myself and clarify my thinking, justify why it is that it made sense to have it in the book. And I think that's okay. I think being asked to justify your rationale on things doesn't have to be an attack. You don't have to be defensive about it. It can be an opportunity to really bolster your opinion, your thought process, question yourself a little bit. And I mean, if you get the book and you read it, you'll recognize that questioning your thinking is pretty much all that I'm asking you to do in this book. So I had some early feedback about the, about the manuscript that sort of said, you know, I don't agree with all the mentors you put in this book. I've had feedback saying, you know, why would you add God? I've had feedback asking, okay, you know, why even add mentors? Why not speak it from your experience? Because there's a mentors table section in the book. If you haven't been listening to other episodes, there's that's one of the sections. So, you know, I've had lots of criticism already without the book even <laughs> being released. And I would say that, you know what? I have to trust that the way that I outline this book and the things that I've chosen to include in it are the things that need to be there based on where I'm at in my life. Because when I started writing this book, it didn't have a quarter of the content that it does now. And I'm sure that if you ask me in even four years from now, it will inevitably have feedback from me that says, hey, you know, I wish I clarified this or now I've updated my thinking on that concept and where trust comes into play in writing a book or creating anything in your life I think is to give yourself a bit of grace as well to say look this is the best I can do in this situation with this information and I think that a lot of us doubt our own our own abilities I had a coaching client this morning actually it's so relevant that you know she's looking to switch jobs she's in a decent job but they're just not valuing her contribution she's been there for a couple years no promotion and really in sight they kind of keep giving her this six month timeline but pushing it forward and forward and she's just really it's it's so sad to 
see people doubt themselves and almost crumble under the judgment and evaluations of others. And it's not to say you don't have to play a game with others in your life. Obviously, you know, we're in a society where I can record these episodes and if you don't find any value from them or you don't find them interesting, you know, you won't listen anymore. And, and that's something that I have to be cognizant of. But I started this show to be able to convey my ideas whether or not people liked them. That's why I started this because I felt extremely silenced and as though I wasn't using my voice and I wanted a medium that worked for me to convey my thoughts and my ideas and to refine them and to improve and to learn things, interview great people, learn from them. That's what this whole show is meant to be about. And this book was meant to be a compilation and is meant to be a compilation of my ideas, of my learnings from various sources. And so you know, whether or not you like every mentor in the book or whether or not every idea in the book is something I continue to espouse or agree with in 10 years or 20 years, um, I trust that I've done the best I can with this book. And I hope that you trust that you're doing the best that you can with your career and your life. And that's really all anyone can ask of you. And that's why there's a whole chapter about trust in this book in the in the part two about fulfillment. Um, so we really go through trusting ourselves, trusting others and trusting God. Um, those are the three sections of the chapter. And I thought that all three were relevant because, again, I've, I've had a hard time trusting myself my whole life. It comes from self-doubt. It comes from the the stories I tell myself. And so changing those to be encouraging, moving those into a place of putting faith in something bigger than myself and trusting that there is a larger sort of force at work because how much is really in my control? We talked about this earlier in the book, but at the end of the day, what I say, what I do, what I think even is debatable, right? I mean, I could say I can direct my thinking, right? So in that sense, my thoughts are in my control, but I mean, my actions are largely in my control. Sometimes they feel like they're not right. If someone provokes you, if you're in the heat of the moment, if something's emotional, your instinctual knee-jerk reaction can seem like it's out of your control, even though at the end of the day, everything you do, if you can slow yourself down enough is in your control, but you know, I'm, I'm digressing. The idea is that look, trusting yourself is a lifelong journey, but if you can get there in the different areas of your life, you will absolutely derive a, a larger sense of fulfillment than you would without it. And so it was just no question that trusting yourself had to be in a book about creating a, and leaving behind a meaningful legacy because with, with self-doubt and a lack of willingness to show who you are and trust in your ability to do things and produce things, go out in the world, you're going to sit in your bedroom and really, in my opinion, kind of just degenerate into really nothing in a sense, because your legacy is a factor of what it is that you create in this life. And that doesn't have to be tangible, but it is about the people you impact. It's about how you make people feel. It's about, yes, what you build, what you make, what you create. This book is a part of my legacy. It's tangible, but these episodes are not really tangible. And yet they're still my creations. A conversation I had with my client isn't going to be memorialized anywhere. Right. And yet it has, potentially change the trajectory of her life and career. So I'm I'm just getting at the idea that 
if you allow yourself to be won over by the stories of self-doubt, you're really not only depriving yourself of the opportunity to create a lasting legacy and a meaningful, fulfilling life, but you're really taking that away from everyone else. And this isn't meant to be a guilt trip, right? It's not about everyone else. Part two is really about a sense of faith in, in God. But what you could be asking in that capacity is, well, what is it that you do have in store for me? I'm willing. I think it's that. I think it's that kind of mentality when it comes to having trust in God, trust in yourself and trust in others. It's I'm willing. It's I was really hurt in this relationship, but I'm willing to either try again with that person or the next partner. You know, it's fell. I fell down. I scraped my knee. I'm getting back up again. It's the willingness. And I think what trust allows you to do is it it's bolstering a faith in again yourself god and others so that you can be willing to go out into the world and not become recluse and resentful shut down close yourself off bitter all of the things that really contract you into a scared unproductive sad hopeless version of yourself and look we've all been in that place from time to time when something really challenging occurs and you have that moment in your life where you're exceptionally frustrated or really disappointed you're called and asked to look at yourself and say whoa (laughs) what happened here this was disorienting I'm very frustrated I'm very disappointed I feel sad That's the exact moment when this chapter on trust comes into play and it says, look to yourself, look to God, look to others for examples and reinforcement of the fact that you are, you are good. You are worthy of great things. You are worthy of health, of abundance, of everything that you need will be taken care of that premise that you're worthy of being well off in the sense of prosperous not not financially but in the sense that you're you're meant to be you're meant to have a good life and that doesn't mean there's no suffering (laughs) it actually could mean that there's a lot of suffering but that you transform as a result of it which is a huge theme throughout my book and i think throughout pretty much what any any person in the trans personal transformation space or philosophers, anyone, I mean, everyone, that's all we're talking about, right? Is take your challenge, transform it into something useful. That's a basic premise of a lot of stories and books. So it's not anything new to say, okay, put your trust in God and trust that your journey is your own and unique and go after what you want. I feel like there are a lot of these kind of platitudes that get easily missed for people where it's like, yeah, 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 but I'm in pain. So everything you're saying is kind of going over my head or I'm just in one ear out the other, not willing to really embody and accept the concept. But if you can, in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering, when it's really hard to have trust in yourself, when you've failed something, when you really feel like you've failed and that maybe it's all over, I think that's the moment when this chapter is going to (laughs) relate to you the most. And I think that the quality, cultivating the quality of trust is going to be the most useful is when you're down and out. Because 
that's when you have to seek out that sense of hope and trust in order to move through the difficult period. If you're in a, in a really great time in life and everything feels like it's on the an upward swing, yeah, you still need to trust that, you know, you're doing the best you can and it's, it's going to work out. And sometimes people get on an upward trajectory and they fall back down to the bottom, so to speak, because they don't believe in themselves. They don't trust themselves to, or that they deserve to be there. So, I mean, there's so many elements of this chapter that I think probably even go unsaid within the pages of the book because it's such a huge concept. Trust. I mean, I could write a whole book on probably every single one of these chapters, (laughs) but I hope that it will allow you to expand your thinking, even in a one degree sense around the idea of trusting yourself around the idea of trusting a force unseen of things unseen if i didn't trust that i could get this book done if i didn't trust in myself trust in my publisher trust in the editors trust in the people that bought the book to honestly review it and support me and more people to buy the book people to be willing to host me at events if i didn't trust really in god to give me inspiration because a lot of times i would sit there going Am I even, who am I to write this book? Like, what do I know? What can I, what can I give? I've done all these coaching calls. So many people have told me their stories, told me their challenges. We've worked through so many different career roadblocks, life roadblocks, emotional frustrations. I've supported people to walk through difficulty toward what it is that they want. And yet I sat here going, okay, but what do people need to hear in this book? And I'm convinced that I was divinely guided because I don't have all the answers. And a lot of what's in this book, I think, came to me because I asked those questions and kind of put them out, put them out and up and surrendered the idea and said, look, what needs to be said here and allowed that inspiration to flow to me. So I think when people say, you know, divinely guided or hearing the voice of God or trusting in God, I think it's really putting out a question and allowing yourself to receive an answer and whether you want to call that intuition prayer and then receiving guidance the words are not as important as understanding how to do that in order to build trust in the fact that you'll receive that answer when you ask for it i think that's critical you will receive an answer when you ask for it what should i do should i leave the job should i be with this person should i move to guam (laughs) whatever questions you feel like you're wrestling with at the moment Yes, you can ask for outside opinions or advice. Yes, you can ask yourself in a sense and rationally analyze. And I think those two things, getting advice from trusted advisors and contemplating the rational characteristics yourself are both valuable. But at the end of the day, there's so many criteria to consider that you need to sit back at some point and say, okay, what is it that I really want to do? What is the right next move? What is the best thing for my path? And you're you're always going to make the right choice talk about trust you are always going to make the right choice even if it leads to something uncomfortable the choice that you make the path that you choose to go down is always the right one how bizarre is that but it is because i can think of anything any mistake i've made or perceived mistake or situation where i thought oh man i wish i had a (laughs) do-over you know like there are those movies 
what is it? I think 13 going on 30. There are a couple of movies like that where, you know, there's a character, they hit 30 or 40 or 50 and they think, oh man, if I just did this one thing differently when I was 16 or 25, then the whole course of my life would have changed and everything would have been so much better. But then they realize that, hey, actually, most of the time, the moral of the story is either No, even if you did it this way, the end result would have been the same in one way or another. The core end result would have been the same. You would still get the divorce, not be with the person, move to this place, leave the job, whatever. So even if you meander across five different permutations of decisions, you end up to a similar place to where you're really meant to be, regardless of that one choice. You will find a way to course correct toward what it is that your life purpose is. Or B, the moral of the story is, yeah, you know what? You've been not a great person. Now here's a shot to be a better person. But usually, again, they end up in some similar permutation of the end result. It's just that they've grown a new sense of appreciation for being good, being kind. So I think even if you could get a do-over of a part of your life or decision of your life, what's so interesting is where you're meant to be inevitably will find you even if you stumble even if it takes you a bit longer even if you make what is a quote-unquote wrong decision or fall backwards you are still going toward fulfilling what it is that is meant for your life and then you might say to me okay well wait so you're telling me that it's destiny are you talking about fate so now what like no matter what I do I'm going to end up in some place why should I try I mean I think that's where we get into a bit of nihilism really where we say okay what's the point what's the point if it's all predetermined what's the point if no matter what I do I'll end up where I'm meant to be where am I even meant to be what's the what's the point of my book if we're just all going to end up where we're supposed to be with or without answering the questions or being introspective or going on this wild goose chase (laughs) to reach our goals like why should I care? And I think the answer to that is, well, trust in a big sense. Because you have to trust that the process is the whole point. And I think I talk about it a bit in the chapter on contribution. Um, If not, I'd like to reference it here. Because when you hit one of those milestones, you get married, you get a new job, you leave the job, whatever that inflection point is, That high lasts for such a short amount of time compared to the whole time you were trekking up that hill to get to the top, right? So why try? Why, if it's all predetermined, if I know I'm going to get to the top of the mountain, why should I try? It's like, well, because you're supposed to enjoy the walk to the top. You're supposed to look around. You're supposed to enjoy the adventure that you're on, even if the, the destination is predetermined. Even if, okay, no matter what I do, I'm going to create the exact story that's meant for me in this life. But I get to choose my own adventure. I get to choose the pathway to get there. I can make it harder or easier for myself. I can deal with challenges in a resourceful way or in a defeatist way, in a victim mindset. I can choose the way that I get to this destination that I'm headed toward. And that's what this book is about. That's what trust is about. That's what having faith is about. It's about walking your path, walking toward what you're creating in your life with a sense of faith and trust that you're going in the right direction and a bit of enjoyment, (laughs) 
which we've talked about earlier, a bit of enjoyment of the journey, enjoyment of the path that you're on. So I hope that you'll cultivate a sense of trust. Ask yourself where maybe you could have a bit more trust in your life and your relationships and your work with yourself. Consider your relationship with God might be triggering. Why, why does that bother you that I talk about that? Why is it triggering? What don't you like about it? Where's the value in it? Ask yourself some of those questions when you consider this chapter. And I really, really hope that it brings you some new insight, just a, a one degree shift in your thinking. That's what I'm always aiming for in a, in a coaching call, in a conversation like this. So I really hope it brings you that. And I want to thank you so much for listening today. Please do buy and order your copy of Memorable anywhere you buy books. I'll see you in the next episode very soon.